Hey y'all, it's Phone Boy. Uh, this episode contains uh, discussions of things like pedophilia, sexual abuse, rape, and other similar topics. Uh, definitely recommend listener discretion with this episode. and welcome to the Lotus Podcast, a show about spirituality, healing, and attending and ascending, excuse me, to a higher consciousness. I'm, of course, Phoenix. I am a bona fide motherfucking princess. And I'm Phone Boy. To tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. And uh, yeah, welcome to the uh, episode 16, the Sweet 16 episode, although this uh, this That's topic right. is uh, may not be very sweet. <laughs> so... Um, well, I'm going to issue a trigger warning right here and now. The following content may be disturbing to our listeners. So if you have issues with abuse or small children in the area, you might want to turn the stream off now because we're going to deep dive into some things that are going to get a lot uncomfortable today. Yeah, we are. Um, so uh, On today's show, we're going to go down a very personal rabbit hole with letters to our fathers uh, who have passed on. So... If you would like to leave us a voicemail uh, and talk about uh, if you've, you know, lost your parent or if you have any, um, you know, repression that you want to get out or you just, uh, you know, want to talk to us, give us a call 253-237-3321. Leave us a voicemail and, you know, share with us anything you want. Or if you need someone to listen, you know, we're here. And, you know, if you get any value, we are a value for value podcast. So if you get any value from our podcast, you know, stream us some sats, uh, send us your cuck bucks, fiat fun coupons. We take it all. And if you don't have a podcast that enables you to stream sats, well, get a better podcast. Go to newpodcastapps.com and uh, check it out. Or get, or go to nude podcast apps or, yeah, but yeah, it's a podcast app. If you don't have a podcast app that lets you stream sats, uh, get a better one as the, as the saying goes. Um, so okay. yeah, is there anything else we need to say? Oh, we, we do need to recognize, um, we do need to recognize somebody, uh, because, uh, yeah, we got it. We did, we did get a donation and I think it's, uh, and I think we, I think we got to do that. Um, Hey, a name millennial has joined. Welcome. Yes. Yeah. Well, there we go. Awesome. All right. So here, but uh, yeah. So we. So I guess I guess we can call him uh, an executive producer. Oh, you the executive That's right. producer. That's right. Uh, that we that would be Sharky with his uh, seven dollar and sixty six cent uh, monthly donation. We appreciate that, Sharky. Um, we do. Yeah, so um, we got that going on. Yeah, so um, yeah, we, like like uh, like my podcasting partner in crime said. Yeah, uh, you know we're all about the value for value. So if we're giving you value, then uh, yeah, um, we appreciate when you give it back to us. And yeah, there's lots of ways to do that, as we as we said. So yeah, um, I guess I'll start this off because we honestly weren't expecting to do this topic this week. This we were uh, we had a different topic all planned for this week, and then we were doing okay. clips. And um, we ran across this clip, and and honestly, it's it it was like stepping on a landmine, is what this one was. Um, oh god, and, yeah, yeah, and um, it, and it impacted me in many ways. And uh, so I'm going to play this clip now. It's actually from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, so it's Will Smith um, actually talking about um, you know talking about his dad, and uh, so that that's that's what. Um, 
that's what triggered this. So we are going to, so this is about a 90 second clip, but we're going to go ahead and play it. I'm sorry, Will. <laughs> you know what? Actually, this works out better for me. You know, it is slim as a summer come to class wearing next to nothing. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, it's all right to be angry. Hey, well, why should I be mad? I'm saying at least he said goodbye this time. I just wish I hadn't wasted my money buying this stupid present. I'm sorry. I, you know, if there was something that I Hey, you know do. what? You ain't got to do no, nothing, Uncle Phil. Hey, you know, ain't like I'm still five years old, you know? Ain't like I'm going to be sitting up every night asking my mom, when's daddy coming home, you know? Who needs him? Hey, he wasn't there to teach me how to shoot my first basket, but I learned, didn't I? Hey, I got pretty damn good at it, too, didn't I, yeah, Uncle Phil? Did. Got through my first day without him, right? Mm. I learned how to drive. I learned how to shave. I learned how to fight without him. I had 14 great birthdays without him. He never even sent me a damn card. Down with him! I ain't need him then and I don't need him now. Will. Nah, you know what, Uncle Phil? I'm gonna get through college without him. I'm gonna get a great job without him. I'm gonna marry me a beautiful honey and I'm having me a whole bunch of kids. I'm gonna be a better father than he ever was. And I sure as hell don't need him for that because ain't a damn thing he could ever teach me about how to love my kids. How come he don't want me, man? Yeah, I mean, hitting that, even playing that now, you know, it hits me in the feels. That's for that's for damn sure, uh, you know. And uh, there's a reason Phoenix has a mute button. Yeah, there's a reason, um, and uh, it's uh, it it's really um, you know that's the thing. It's this is uh, and you know my I'm kind of going through. You know, my my dad passed away in 2010, and. Uh, you know, it was, um, and I think that was, uh, you, you know, and, uh, you know, of course I'm going through a divorce right now, as you, as you all know. And so I've got, you know, I, I, I can see this from both sides right now. Um, you know, I was there for my kid, for most of my kids, uh, you know, growing up, um, of course being there doesn't necessarily mean you were actually there, you know? So, so um, this kind of hit me on multiple levels and went in this, and it really, um, we started talking about this uh, this topic, and we said, you know, and uh, you know, we, we we got into the well, what if we write letters to our dad? And well, um, and yeah, so we so we've actually so the, the, if I can go ahead, yeah, I was, and then I'm not trying to take credit, but um, I was actually the one who who kind of kickstarted that because, um, as you will hear when I read my letter, I've had a lot of. Uh, a lot of issues that, you know, revolved around my dad. And some advice I was given early on was write a letter to your dad. Tell him everything that you could never tell him. Tell him everything you were always afraid to say or whatever. And um, I can tell you all, when I started writing my letter, and and phone boy can attest to this because uh, I needed, um, yeah, I needed a, I, I needed some moral support and I don't got a lot of people right now in my world. So I reached out to him and I said, uh, you know, look, I've, um, I've got this letter. I've got a, you know, I've already got five pages written before the pen stopped flying across the paper. And he literally sat on the phone with me while I wrote this letter. And he kept saying, you know, are you still writing? Are you still writing? And at one point I'm like, you know, 
why do you keep asking me that? He's like, you've been writing for three hours. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's um, yeah, there's a lot there. And so I do want to clarify that. So we've we've actually since rewritten the letters, we've we've shared the, the, the letters that we first came up with privately. Um, and then uh, but so um, this we know. I think we know basically what's in each other's letters at this point, but they've been rewritten. Mine, mine basically uh, doubled in length um, after I got after uh, I, that. I spent some time on it this morning, uh, working on it, and uh, yeah, and it was uh, it's quite a, um, you know, and I think in this yeah, it's quite a cathartic experience to actually have done this. Um, um, and I thought for for my case, you know, and I mean, I I, I think with my letter, it's it's more sort of putting down in words the stuff I've already kind of figured out on my own. Uh, there's some stuff in there that I haven't, that, yeah, I'm just starting to, I'm just starting out, starting out putting the pieces together because like I said, I'm going through, you know, in addition to, of course, you know, that, you know, the, the stuff with my dad is, and it's probably because of my, it's really because of my divorce, right? That, 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 that these issues are starting to come up and I'm now starting to see things in, you know, that, that are things that are happening in, in, as, a, as a result of my divorce that, that ultimately go back to, um, you know, my, my father, my relationship with my father, because yeah, um, my parents were divorced at a very early age and, uh, and I'll get into some personal history here as I do my letter. Um, there's, uh, there's no trigger warnings with my letter, just to be, just to be clear. Um, it's, uh, when we, when we start talking about when Phoenix reads her letter, I think that's, um, that is, um, you know, are you throwing shade on me phone boy? No, I'm not throwing shade on you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would never do that. Uh, but um, we are gonna. But yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess are we are we gonna get started. Um, anything else we want? Anything else we want to say before we we dive right in? Well, you know, uh, uh, the only thing I can say, you know, might be. You can't handle the truth. Yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get yeah we're get we're getting real here, guys. This is not, uh, um, you know, when we. Yeah we, yeah, we may add some levity through clips, but this show content is going to be very, very heavy. Yeah, we're warning you now. So, um, but uh, yeah, and so we, as I said, but this is, we are, again, we have, you know, we reviewed kind of the, 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 the tenor, you know, we did kind of like the rough draft, right, with, the, with, the, with each other. Um, but uh, this is, we've since, uh, we've both since taken another crack at it. Um, and uh, yeah, so this will be, this will be new for each of us, I think. Um, Phoenix I, has only had two hours of sleep because of this. Yeah, that, I, yeah, there, there's that too. So um, yeah, so I guess I will start because uh, I think, uh, yeah. The floor is yours. The floor is mine. Boy. So so I'm going to go, I'm going to read my letters. I've written it and I, and I hand wrote it. I, did, I purposely did not type it. Um, because I wanted to be away from distractions or what, as much as I could anyway. And uh, so uh, this is, so I've got this handwritten. Uh, I may or may not post this. I haven't decided yet, but, um, but, uh, but uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read it now. Dear Dad, know that whatever happened over the years or didn't, I love you very much. It's funny what you think being a parent should be as a child. It's very different from what it turns out to be as an adult. I remember thinking at a young age that I had to do better than my parents did when I had my turn. Did I do better? It's hard to say at this point. I do know it led to me staying in a loveless marriage for far too long. It also led me to perhaps not be the role model I could have been for my kids. I do not blame you for this, as these were my choices to make. I was angry as a young child that you and mom didn't stay together. 
As an adult going through my own divorce, I can see that staying together is much more complicated and can be a bad thing. I forgive you. I keep thinking back to the year where you ran your car into a telephone pole because you were driving drunk, had your car repoed, and we had no electricity. Things were bad enough that we had to split a packet of ramen for dinner one night. The neighbors fed me on many occasions that year. I still don't know exactly how I feel about, about that 40 years later, but that year taught me a lot about how quickly things can change and that you must be able to adapt to the circumstances. Also, it gets better if you keep at it. I forgive you in any case. A few years later, I remember we were living in Capitola and were engaged in a battle of will over who would do the dishes. The dishes sat there nearly two weeks, and I ultimately did them. To this day, I can't see a sink full of dishes without wanting to do them. I realize now that what I learned from this is if you really want something done, you got to do it yourself. I forgive you. I remember the time when you let me talk to my mother, but insisted on listening in on another line. You unscrewed the microphone from the old Western electric phone in the other room to facilitate that. As a child, I didn't understand why you felt the need to do that. With what I'm going through in, in, my, in my own divorce as I write this, and given what I know about my mother, I understand and forgive you. And then there was the time I got a call from the creditors about the PG&E bill you ran up in my name. That's not a call any child should receive. As much as that hurt at the time, I understand why you had to do it, and I forgive you. It did teach me the importance of keeping the bills paid and living within your means. Not long ago, I experienced a profound sense of abandonment in how things played out in our relationship as I became a teenager and an adult. I realize only now the extent of the mistake I made in not trying harder to have you part of my life. I'm literally watching my children make the same mistake I made in real time. As I struggle with the realities of the divorce I'm going through and fighting my own demons, I see me doing exactly what you did. Put your own oxygen mask on first. You can't be there for someone, even your own children, if you're not there for yourself. Further, I'm experiencing something you probably experienced, having your children weaponized against you. I know you never wanted to play that game, and neither do I. Unfortunately, we have both been victims. I'm making the same decision you likely made to protect myself. I need to keep my distance from the kids, especially now while the divorce is, hasn't been finalized. I'm hoping, probably like you did with me, that the kids will come around and see things as they really are. I forgive you. My one regret that I still live with is that I never got to tell you all this while you were alive. By that time I understood enough, it was too late. You were in the last stages of brain cancer. And when I made the drive to see you, Sure, you were physically there, but you were you were mentally somewhere between this world and the next. At least I got to see you one last time before you passed on. The one thing my kids have going for them is, while you, uh, or unlike you, I've never picked up the smoking habit. That caused me much distress as a, lad, as, a, as a lad, as I knew how bad it was for you. I also didn't like how it made me smell. I also know how hard it is for you to to give up, and I forgive you. In addition to not smoking, I've taken other steps to ensure I stay on the, this side of terra firma a long time. I'm, I'm hoping it's long enough for my children to forgive me while I'm still alive. I'm sure there is more I can say, but I have to end this letter at some point. Meanwhile, when we do meet again on the other side, I'm sure you'll tell me your side of the story. Meanwhile, I'm forever your son, and you are forever my father. I love you.
And that's that. Wow. Goddamn phone boy. Uh, yeah, so I didn't get to hear the additions, just so y'all know, that Phoneboy made to his letter. So I'm actually listening for the first time. Yes, any millennial, I agree. That was beautiful. Um, wow. Holy shit, Phoneboy. Uh, man, you hit me right in the fucking feels with that. I'm over here. Oh, my God. Wow. Like, I... God damn. I can feel the emotion you put into that. And... Yeah. I'm so sorry you had to go through that as a child. No child should have to go through uh, all of that with, you know, the the parent. You know, the the parents are supposed to be the ones who, you know, they they make all the bad shit go away. They're the ones who keep us safe. They teach us how to do all of the stuff we're supposed to do and not by watching them and going, Jesus Christ, I don't ever want to do that. Yeah, well, I had plenty of that growing up. I mean, you know, you know, I'm I I joke that my parents were drunk stone hippies, and that applies to both of them. I mean, they both had alcohol problems. They both, uh, they both smoked marijuana, which I don't have an issue with, of course, but um, because I'd rather I'd rather them uh, smoke a bowl than uh, than uh, you know drink a fifth of Jack Daniels, which you know, uh, and they both did that. I mean, yeah, maybe not Jack Daniels, but my my mother uh, was a vodka person. But but anyway, it's it's. Um, I think, it, yeah, I, I watched, I, I learned through, you know, I learned through their mistakes and watching going, yeah, I'm not doing that, right? But, you know, I think in my own life, I may have made, you know, that I may have taken the lesson a little bit too, uh, uh, a little bit too seriously, right? It's like, yeah, getting, you know, like I, like I made the comment that I think I stayed in the marriage way longer than I should have, because if, if I, as I go through it now, there's signs I look at and I go, yeah, why did, why did I stay that long? Because clearly, and, you know, I had some, you know, some sense of, you know, like doing it for the kids kind of thing. Um, and, uh, you know, and ultimately it, that wasn't enough, right? Um, you know, I could have made the argument that maybe I could have you know, stayed one more year or whatever. But now yeah, at some point that it just, it, things just got too bad. And uh, that's what, uh, that's what happens. It's, 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 it's complicated, right? It's not, it's, you know, as, as, a, as a child, you think it's, uh, you think it's, you know, you think of it very simply and it's truly it's not that it's it's way more complicated but um, but that said i think uh what you went through is much more horrific than anything i went through as, as a kid um, so at least based on what you, uh, you know, what you shared with me previously so um you know this is uh, yeah this this is where the real trigger warning comes in folks so you know if you think you, you know, if you got uh, um you know if you think you got folks that if you're if you're, if you're going to be triggered by uh, descriptions of abuse or anything like that uh this is now now's a great time to uh, to to change the channels so to speak um because this is yeah this is this is going to get real real here now um and uh, you know in phoenix the floor is yours thanks well Okay, so I'm going to start off <clears throat> by saying this. You was the one you sent to kill the fucking Pokemon. My father was a good man. He had a huge heart. Never gave up. Had a never-say-die attitude. He was a Marine, through and through. Semper Fi, till the day you die. Hurrah. Growing up... He always made sure that we had food on our table and a place to lay our heads. I remember only a few times in my life he made a point to do or give me things he thought I needed. He insisted I needed a jacket for color guard 
However, he never attended even one of my games or parades that I performed in. He dressed up to show for me to my prom in a town car he rented. Yeah, I asked for a limo, but I guess he didn't think I needed one. I never had an identity. I was always John's daughter. Small town living, I guess. And thank you, I don't know how to turn the alerts off on my iPhone, so everybody gets to hear my email alert. Motherfucker. He helped me buy my Mustang when I was a few hundred short of the price. He bought me my first car outright. Although looking back, I do wish he had let me pay him for it because it would have helped me to establish money and work habits that would have benefited me as an adult. I remember calling him not too long before it all went to hell. And I told him that I thought I needed brakes on my car. And less than 24 hours later, he was at my door to do a complete brake job on my on my Mustang. And not only that, but he replaced the caliper, calipers because they needed it. And the only money he'd allow me to give him was for fuel to get him back to Connecticut where him and mom were living at the time. He spent a week at my house. He asked for nothing during that time. Would not let me give him anything. He taught me a lot, but <clears throat> sorry, he taught me a lot by watching him. Taught me about guns, knives, cars, and what, and how to work hard for whatever you want. He also taught me that you don't talk to anyone about your problems. You keep them locked inside, and you trust no one, even those who are closest to you. I'm reminded of a foreword of a book that I've read many times that I feel is cathartic to hear in times of chaos caused by the memories. The author's name is Moira Graylin, and the book is called The Last Closet. It's a fantastic read. I highly recommend it to anyone. You can find it on Audible, although I'm not shilling for them, but I do have Audible, and I like it. The book details her life and the horrors of being abused in many ways, <clears throat> similar to my own. Her words are simple. They can hurt you. They can harm you. They can scar your body and mind, but they cannot touch your soul. Their sins are not your sins, and their shame is not your shame. Dear Daddy, I never thought I'd be writing this letter to you, but here I am. You were never one to speak about your feelings or want to hear how others felt. That's part of the problem, Pop. You stuffed all that pain and all that hurt and all those secrets. It destroyed you and it ultimately destroyed our family. I'm mad, Pop. I'm so pissed at you for doing what you did on so many levels. You wrote to me in prison when you went for the final time. I never opened them. I couldn't. I was so mad. I couldn't see past my blinding anger. Mom told me you kept telling her about that I needed to come to God and that God this and Jesus that. Amazing how you find God in prison. And all of a sudden, it's like all your bad is forgiven. Is that what you thought? dad is that all your bad shit you did would be forgiven by god do you ever stop for one fucking second to ask the ones around you that you hurt for forgiveness or did you even care that you would hurt them 
Maybe I need to start from the beginning. For as long as I can remember as a child, I was never good enough for anyone. Your mother hated me. I know you don't believe me, but she did. Mom told me the hell that woman put you through. The beatings, the sexual abuse by your stepfather, never ever being good enough for anyone, being beaten is stress relief when your stepfather had a hard week. Dad, none of that was your fault. You were just a kid, and none of the hell you endured was right or just. I know you joined the Marine Corps to get away from your mother, but for fuck's sake, why did you go back? You got out. You were free. Why go back to an abusive situation like that? I don't completely blame you for what you did in my life that caused me so much hurt because you're a product of your raising and experiences. Abused people go on to abuse. But damn it, Dad, did you have to do it to my best friend's six-year-old daughter? Did you even for once think how it would affect your grandkids or that little girl who trusted you? Did you think what it would do to me when it came out? You promised mom it would never happen again. You even made a therapist stake his reputation on the fact you wouldn't reoffend. Twenty years, dad. Twenty fucking years you kept your shit together. Or maybe you didn't. Maybe we didn't see it in time. Oh, wait. But we did. You fucking lied to mom about it when she reached out to me. Because since you did what you did when I was a teenager... I've researched pedophiles and child molesters, their behaviors, their patterns, all the things that make up the way that they think. Mom called me because she went through the counseling with you when you offended the first time. You know, when you molested the eight-year-old cousin of the 13-year-old girl you were having sex with in my room. How about in the state forest on your motorcycle? That ring a bell? You sick fuck. She was my friend. Is that what it was? I was bait for you to find victims to molest? Always wondered why you never wanted to hug me when I was a young girl. Why when I'd be wearing a sports bra and shorts, you'd tell me to put some clothes on because I was not dressed appropriately? It was because you didn't want to abuse me, so you pushed me away and shamed me. You should have gotten help long before you ruined my life. The shame I felt when my AV guy at church asked me if the article in the paper was about my dad, the one about you committing that crime. The one place in my life I ever felt safe was my church, and you stole that from me. You want to talk to me about God? You stole my God, you bastard. Mom wouldn't even tell me what had really happened when you got arrested. Hell, I wasn't even told... You'd been arrested because you had it all set up to turn yourself in and get bailed right back out. So I'd never know. The only way I found out was by reading the court documents. And you know, I was on your side, Pop. I didn't believe you had done it. I knew the reputation that girl had. Okay. She was trash. She did it to all the fucking guys in town. But you were just the one who stopped paying the blackmail. I didn't want to believe it, and Mom wouldn't talk to me about it, even though I was 18 years old. (sighs) Thank you, Phone Boy, for posting the rain link. 
in the chat. Yeah, it seemed like an appropriate thing to do. Um, and it, it's yeah, going to be linked absolutely. in the show notes also. So um, yes, that, uh, yes. because uh, people are going to listen to this after the fact and uh, yeah, uh-huh. they, they may uh, need that. So uh, exactly. So, all right. So I'll continue. Okay. I never wanted to tell my kids what you had done. I never would have if you hadn't betrayed the trust of my best friend and your wife by grooming and molesting her daughter. How fucking dare you? I wish I had been mentally stronger at the time that mom brought the fact you were buying silk undies for her or that she heard you tell her. She heard you say not to touch her butt. If you ask me, mom should have called the cops when you told her that that little girl told you her parts hurt. And she's and you said you would take a look at it after you gave her a bath, which mom knew nothing about. The fact she left the bed where she was sleeping in between you and mom and went to sleep on the cot and you followed her and touched her again. You make me sick to think you knew That your best friend was paying off the parents of his nine-year-old niece so that they would allow him to rape her. And you did and said nothing. The fact that you knew your friend was caught with child porn on his PC and you admonished him and acted all holier than thou all the while you were fucking grooming and ultimately molesting my best friend's daughter. You tore our family apart when you did that. You knew you were never coming out of jail. You had it planned. You told mom not to bail you out because she'd lose the money. You never did own the fact of what you did to mom or me. And for that, I say, fuck you. The fact you made me have to lie to my sons and make mom lie when they called to talk to you because they were young and didn't need to know what you had done. You made me have to tell them because you were never coming out. That wasn't enough pain for you to inflict on us, though. No, you had to drive the knife even deeper in. You took the bitch way out three days after my youngest son's birthday and five days before mine in your jail cell. You fucking coward. Let me tell you something, Dad. It's all getting told today. You no longer have power over me, and this letter serves as the notice for you to be evicted from my life and my head. You are no longer allowed to live rent-free along with the baggage that you have created. This is representative of every bag you have packed in my head and more. I never respected you. I feared you. From a very early age, I learned to stay out of your way, lest I want to get hurt. I remember a time when I was six or so, and I was behind a door trying to hold it open, and I was in the way, but I wasn't aware, because I was just a little kid. You grabbed the door handle I was holding onto, and proceeded to slam me against the wall repeatedly, and then grabbed me by the hair and jerked my head around while screaming at me. You pulled my hair a lot, Dad, and it caused me such trauma that I couldn't stand anyone touching my hair well into adulthood, and I still have issues. 
You also, for whatever reason, felt that backhanding me was a useful tool of discipline. Let's talk about the green switches you would cut to whip my legs and my ass with. Did you ever think about what you were doing was abuse? Guess what? It was. The one thing above all you did that chilled my blood and to this day triggers me is when you would whisper threats just loud enough so I heard them but no one else did. I was never allowed to accept gifts from others, or at least that's how it felt when you gave me that look and that icy whisper. To this day, I have a very hard time accepting an offer of a drink or anything when I'm at someone else's home or otherwise. I went shopping today as a side note with a very good friend of mine. She wanted to buy me something. And I felt very uncomfortable even being able to accept that gift because of this. Just as a side note. This shit doesn't just go away when you become an adult. It doesn't flip a switch. It's, it's always there. And if you don't get it out, it will kill you. And it has almost on many occasions for me. It was made clear from an early age. Once I became a teenager, my birthday was just another day. No sweet 16. No ta-da at 18. Hell, I don't honestly remember, even in my adult life, when anyone, not my mother, my spouse, or anyone, cared enough to give me a cake for my birthday. It's not mattered to anyone in 30 years. Why the fuck should it start now? Hell, you couldn't even remember what day it was. It always pissed me off. And it hurt as a kid when your own dad doesn't even know what day your birthday is. Just as a side note. Yeah. No. I've never understood how a parent can't remember his daughter's day of birth, but knows exactly when the Marine Corps birthday is, don't you, Dad? I see how much I mattered. So on to bag number two. Bag number two contains your mother. You forced me to go up to her house with you all the time, no matter if I didn't want to go or not. You usually had some project to do for her, which took you out of the house and gave her the perfect opportunity to tell me how worthless I was. How at the age of five, I was a whore and a slut like my mother. That mom never wanted me. You never saw how anyone in that family hurt me because it was their word against mine. I knew the rule. Be seen and not heard. And better yet, don't even be seen. I learned to be alone at a very early age because it was safer mentally than being quote-unquote seen. Even when I tried to get away, I had to do what I was told, so I was put to work. I got blamed for a lot of shit I didn't do. I still can't hear the sound of breaking glass without getting very emotionally distraught. You don't know the emotional hell she put me through. I know you wanted better for me than you had, but you wanted more for you at the expense of me and mom. You had the fancy car, but was mom ever allowed to drive it? You always had to have the best to show off and keep up appearances. Guess what, Pop? Congrats. You had everyone bullshitted. 
They knew you were controlling. What they didn't know is how abusive and controlling you were. Have you ever heard of Stockholm Syndrome? That's what it's called, Pop. It's what you did to me and Mom. I'm not hiding anymore. You can't hurt me anymore. By the way, Dad, because of you keeping me on such a tight leash for so long and keeping me cloistered and under your control for so long, my boundaries ended up so low from the years of abuse I endured. Shit no one ever should. Do you know your cousin took my virginity when he raped me? No, you didn't, did you? Because that's not the shit you talked about. Those are the family secrets you don't tell. Why you don't go near this uncle or that. Do you know your second grandson was also a product of rape? Yeah, you didn't know that either, did you? I refused to give up. That boy didn't deserve to die in my womb. And I'm blessed that I didn't abort him because I love my youngest son with all my heart and soul. I curse the fact he's loosely named after you because he deserves better. I fled as fast as I could when you went to jail, but you'd already done the damage to the point I ended up in the arms of an abusive womanizer and as a sub in a BDSM relationship just to escape you. I was eight when I planned to run away. Did you know that? No, because I never told anyone. Because the friend I had who was going to help me was the only one who knew. The reason I didn't run away is because I was so afraid if I was found and returned home, you would beat the hell out of me and your mother would find out and I'd get it from her and any other family member on either side of the family because mom would have to tell her side of the family and because y'all never saw a problem with me being punished by anyone who saw fit for the same violation repeatedly. When you got out of jail, and even while you were in there, you were still pulling the strings in my and mom's life. It took until my ex pointed out to me the fact at over 30 years old that my father shouldn't be running my life. I shouldn't have to ask permission to do anything when I have my own place and I pay my own bills. You always had to have control. And it literally took me moving a thousand miles away to even begin to have a degree of autonomy from you. And even then, you would come to my house, tell me how to raise my children, criticize my cooking, undermine my authority, and, lack, and act like we were putting you out because we offered to pay to put you up in a hotel because you were overbearing and we needed a break during the week at Christmas you would come to visit. Don't think I've forgotten about the fact you tried to buy my ex off when he arrived when we first got together. Or that you berated my son on the front porch of our apartment when he was seven. You traumatized him. Your demons may be what cost you your life, but I'll be goddamned if they'll cost me mine. I dreaded the sound of the vehicle door closing or hearing the front door of wherever we were living because it meant you were home. Mom tried to be a positive force in my life, but she could only do so much. I'm still dealing with the demons that haunt my soul, the demons that tell me how fat I am, how useless I am, that no one wants to be with me because of these things. 
I wasn't allowed to make mistakes, lest you find out, and I'd be subjected to your tirade, your anger. My resolve to never show you tears, no matter how you hurt me. I'd never show any emotion to you, no matter how hard you'd hit me, no matter how hard you'd pull my hair. I would never give you that satisfaction. Maybe that's what you wanted. Maybe you needed to see the tears of that little girl. Would that have made you feel powerful? How can you claim to love someone, and yet you leave scars that no one can see, that never heal? This is some powerful stuff that you got going on here. In closing, Dad, I want to say I forgive you. I forgive you for abusing me in all the ways you did. I forgive you for treating me like I was disposable. I forgive you for thinking I was never good enough. I forgive you for ruining a 20-year friendship. I forgive you for making me have to tell my kids that their, their grandfather was a child molester. I forgive you for allowing your family and others to hurt me. I forgive you for leaving me and my kids without their father and grandfather because you're, you're selfish and you let the demons win and you wouldn't get help. Finally, I do want to thank you. Through all the hell my life's been made by you and the actions of others related to you, I learned valuable survival lessons. I learned not to cry. I learned not to take any shit and to hide the truth because no one's going to believe you. Guess what, Dad? I finally had the courage to tell someone, and he believes me. I wish you could see the woman I'm becoming now, and that I'm freeing myself from all of the demons that you born and created. Goodbye, Dad. I love you. And I'll never forget you or forget. Love, babe. Um, I don't even know what to say to that. I'm all verklempt. And even having heard that, or at least parts of it before, um, it's very poignant. And nobody should ever have to go through that. I mean, it's, it's quite a... Um, you know, and it's quite a thing. You know, you don't let the demons win. I mean, I think that's, you know, if I had to come up with a show title, it's uh, Don't Let the Demons Win. Uh, yeah. Sounds pretty, uh, sounds pretty, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have, I'm freezing right now, just for context. Like, yeah. it's not cold outside. It's 54 degrees, and, and I'm freezing cold right now because I had to relive every memory in writing that letter to my father. Yeah, and you had to re had to um, you had to relive it twice, I think. I mean, because you because you wrote you wrote it, you read it to me, and then you wrote it again, and then you basically wrote it again. Um, I I did. Um, Last night did not hit me as hard as today did, though. Yeah, I, I know. Um, you know, the one thing I can say is that by putting it out there in the way that you're doing it. Um, First of all, you are you know, you're releasing it to the universe, right? And this is and honestly, you know, we talk about 
you know, achieving a higher consciousness and, you know, in, in, you know ascending, right? Um, to do that, you got to let go of things. And we all have things in our life that weigh us down. And, you know, by naming and shaming them, and, and you know, you're doing it very publicly. Um, and and I'm, I'm so proud yeah. of you for, for having done that because it takes a lot of courage to do what you did and to go from having never shared that with anybody to literally sharing it with everybody to take that. To, yeah. That takes a lot of courage and I am the Phoenix. I burn it down. That is how I handle the shit that scares me the most is I flame, I rage and I burn it down. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, yeah, there's a lot of burning down going on. That's for sure. Um, it's, um, it, it, it's, this, this is heavy. I mean, we, I think we knew when we put this out, we weren't sure what was going to happen with it. But I think, you know, the reality, I mean, this is real stuff, guys. I mean, this, this happens, um, you know, and I actually kind of yeah. thought about, you know, I thought about this um, and I, I don't, I don't know much about it, but it's, it's come to my memory recently. But um, I, I, you know, I, I, I vaguely remember that one of my uncles was, um, um, was either accused of or had, had or had actually molested children and and, and uh, you know and that's a that's a big thing right i mean it's not it's um i, I don't i, I the the I, I can't even i can't even wrap my head around that um where that's how that's even how people can justify that sort of behavior um and honestly i i still cannot understand I still cannot understand how my mother has told all but told me that my father molested me and then turned around and fucking tells me I never said that. Yeah. Awful goddamn funny to me. Yeah. Um Yeah, that's um <coughs> Yeah, I mean and that's yeah, you know, that is. I mean, and that's. Thank you, and a millennial. I, I appreciate your kind words, but look, guys, there's one word you will never hear Phoenix use in relation to herself, and that is victim. I find that word offensive, and I refuse to wear that moniker. I'll wear a lot of fucking titles, but I won't wear that title. Well, well, we know, we know you're we know you're a goddamn princess. We, you know, we know that, right? But uh, but I'm that's a fucking warrior. That's right. You are a warrior princess. That is seriously with that with that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I just, I can't even, yeah, I just, it just, it blows my mind. It's, you know, it's one thing to even have done that. And it's another to, you know, it's, 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 it's yet another to stand by while somebody else does it. Um, I actually got accused of, 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 um, potentially doing that once and I didn't, um, but that was a very uncomfortable discussion because I or just you know discussion that we that was had, um, and I wasn't I didn't do anything. Um, the circumstances looked a little in, you know there you know the, you could look at the circumstances and think that they were a little iffy maybe, but nothing. But there was there was nothing happened. There was no nudity, no nothing, and and yet I was accused of that. And yeah, you know, and I still you think know about it's that. amazing. Smoking the holy herb 
And doing this podcast is what's helped to open up a lot of doors that I've had locked with bigger locks than y'all can ever imagine in my head. And it scared the shit out of me. There's my fucking notifications again. Because I don't know how to turn them off. Well, we, we'll, anyway, we'll have to I'll, talk I'll work. About yeah, that. we're going to work on that off mic. Yeah, we're, we're going to work on that for the next show. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and this is, yeah, this, we said this was heavy stuff and I, and this is, um, and know. here's the thing I, I need to get this out. Cause this shit's really fucking my head up right now. You want to know the way I found out that my father had done this shit to my best friend's daughter. I get a fucking phone call from my mother. Tells me that my best friend called her, said that her daughter was acting weird. Let me give a little context here. My ex-best friend of better than 20 years and I, we went through hell together. She had some fucked up parents herself. <coughs> I moved to Tennessee and she decides to ask my parents to babysit the kids because they want to go Christmas shopping for the kids. All right, that's fine. My mother knew nothing about what my father was doing. I'm completely assured of that. Because my mother was literally working herself into an early fucking grave. To keep the bills paid. Because dad has spending addiction. The fact the fact that he he ruined that for me. He fucked up a lot of shit in my life, but the fact he ruined a 20-year friendship that hurts the most in this whole thing. Because I don't know if she wasn't allowed to talk to me because of the fact that, you know, being his daughter, there's conflict of interest in the whole nine or what. She's still to this day, after six years of him being gone, going on seven, still won't talk to me. She believes my mother knew nothing about it. My mother had gotten arrested because of this fucking shit. My sweet mom, fucking handcuffed, fucking mugshotted, Fucking arrested because my goddamn piece of shit father couldn't fucking couldn't fucking keep his shit together. I think that broke her in a way. Thanks. And I was truck like I am now. I was truck driving at the time. And my mother calls me, tells me that my best friend called, said that. Uh, her daughter said that dad did this, this, and this. I can tell you I was in Van Horn, Texas. Kind of like you never forget where you were when Kennedy was shot. If you're old enough, which a lot of our pedal heads and even us are not. I'll never forget where I was when I got that phone call and I'll never forget the phone call from my mother telling me that he was gone. (laughs) 
Yeah, somebody needs a cough button. Yeah, somebody didn't grab the cough button quick enough. You can't imagine what it does to your life. When you, the man who you considered your knight in shining armor, who you wanted to be just like, I used to wear dad's shoes. I used to wear his cologne. I wanted to be my dad because he was my hero. And then you find out that he, that he did what he did. And your brain explodes and you go, what? No. Not my dad. My dad would never do that. Because my dad's a good guy. Yeah, the truth hurts sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. It has only been recently where I could admit to myself he was really dead. I inside myself have I convinced myself he wasn't really gone that because he was military that he had found a way to fake his death and get out of prison and that he was going to let me know he was going to come find me and let me know that it was okay and that it didn't really happen you know, almost like some alternate universe or some silly shit. <sighs> to the point, phone boy, that when I got ready to move out of the house I lived in when he died, I had a breakdown and told my husband I couldn't move because dad wouldn't be able to find me if we moved. I'm sorry, you guys. Yeah. And the walls came tumbling down, as it were. Um, yeah, it's... I, I mean, yeah, the, the, I, I don't even know what to say to that. It's, it's the... I think the... Yeah, the, the wall, you know, it's... I mean, I suppose that's possible. It's, it sounds like it's. It sounds like a plot out of a movie or something. Um, that maybe that happened, but um, the good news is that he can't hurt you anymore. He's not here, and whatever happened is in the past. You're taking a huge step by putting it out into the universe and naming it and shaming it and making it and, and giving, you know, putting it under the sunlight. This is the kind of stuff that I, does. I, I cannot tell you how painful this is right now, and I did not expect this. I've been numb since we talked about doing this show content. And for the first time since. I actually feel something and it's a lot of pain yeah well but that's how you get past it is you release it into the universe um, by talking about it with a friend by talking it by 
Yeah. Hug and share a secret. Yeah, hug and share. I wish. Yeah, I should. You know, I, I'm gonna need to figure out uh, that. I'll pull that on the other computer and do the. Yeah, laugh a lot and everyone hug and share a secret. But, but this exactly. is. Yeah, but. I deflect humor for for uncomfortable situations. Just get used to it. It's yeah. what I do. Uh, yeah. They may come up occasionally. Yeah. Well. You're. But you're. I'm so proud of you for doing what you're doing, putting it out there and, and putting it out there for the world to hear. Yeah. And I knew I'd be putting my dick on the table doing this episode because of what that letter contained. And, and I had a few friends who asked me if I was really sure that I could handle this. And it, it, there, it was a no brainer. You know, I I don't know how to ease into things. I don't know how to be gentle into things. I go full throttle. It's how I get through what I'm scared of is I just hit the throttle. And that actually it's odd because that actually comes from comes from a lesson I learned from my father uh, that relates to truck driving. <clears throat> if your truck starts to jackknife on icy roads, slippery roads, whatever, wet roads. If you mash the throttle because a skidding tire wants to lead. So if you mash the throttle to break the inertia of that skidding tire, it will straighten the trailer back out. Now, of course, you have to be careful that you don't want to stay in the throttle too long. Otherwise, you'll end up you know, in, in the exact reverse, and, and, and yeah, yeah, shit goes pear-shaped quick. But, yeah, there's a, there's a lesson in the, in the blossom today for all you pedal heads. There's, there's many lessons in that, yeah, it's, that, yeah, I mean, this, there's, there's so much here, and, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's more to come in that regard, but wait, there's more, um, well, we did we did tentatively, <clears throat> provisionally title this episode. But wait, there's more. Yeah, there's yeah, um, and that's and yeah, because it seemed like that there's a, that there was more to come with this, and and you now as you start th this whole process of just of digging in and in and, and, and figuring out what and, and being honest with yourself and going, okay, what what you know, what are these things right that that that, that are holding me back and, and by naming and shaming them right you get it, it, it's it's it, it is an incredible release um that's something you taught me phone boy was name it and shame it and thank you for teaching me that you've been extremely instrumental you know a lot of shit about me that a lot of people don't uh even people in my family i feel really comfortable you know talking to you you're a fantastic friend and I just really appreciate you so much. I mean, I love you, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, thank you so much for just, yeah, for helping me and not judging me. And and you pedal heads, too. You know, y'all are really supportive. And, you know, I love you guys. Love you, mean it. Well, you know, of course, I have to play the clip, right? Yeah. That goes exactly. That goes without saying. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, and yeah, and, and, and even in my own situation, it's, um, you know, I think there's stuff that, that I haven't, that I know I haven't uncovered yet. Um, 
things that may be holding me back. Now, I think with any of this stuff, I think there's, uh, there are, you know, I think it's important to release the stuff as you can, but I also think there might, and, and this is, you know, and again, I may be wrong about this, but there may be things that, you know, how is knowing that going to actually help you? Um, and that is a thought that's crossed my mind. What, you know, kind of like what good could come of this? Yeah. You know, is, is it, is there some closure I need? I'll never get the closure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it won't, it won't come. You know, I have to provide my own closure. I, and I guess in a way, this episode serves, if you will, as my closure, as I stated in the letter, you know, that I wrote to my father that, you know, this, this is the notice to evict. I will no longer allow this to shackle me in my life. No. And, 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 and any of these bad things that have happened to you in your life, whether, you know, if, if no matter what it is, yeah, you don't have to let it define you. You do have to be honest about what it is. You do have to be um, doing that. Um, so and that's why I said that. <clears throat> pardon me. That's why I said I refuse to take the moniker of victim because I will never, I, I will never allow myself to be looked at with you know downtrodden eyes and 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 you know uh, sympathy and and you know oh that poor girl uh oh bullshit save save that for somebody who wants it or needs it yeah. because the time the time to act okay was 40 years ago not today yeah. and your sympathies do not garner my respect yeah. now i'm not going to say okay that if somebody is caring and and you know reaches out and says hey you know good job or i don't fucking know whatever that's not treating me like a victim that's acknowledging my strength and my bravery yeah and yeah you are um yeah i mean to go from yeah having this locked away to just having it out there for everybody here that's a pretty that's a pretty giant step i mean there's no there's no getting around that um i told you i am the phoenix i burn it down i do not do anything small everything is full throttle it is the way it needed to be it is what the universe intended yeah. because if i if i hesitate i won't i won't pull the trigger that's evident in you know my marriage that lasted you know 16 years too yeah. fucking long yeah yeah well, because i hesitated you yeah. know i, I flinched yeah um i yeah. won't i won't flinch again no and there's a provisional show title for you i won't flinch again I won't flinch again <laughs> won't flinch again won't flinch again. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a, yeah. I mean, I, th I had, so I had something, uh, I, I had something profound to say, and it's, you know, things, things kind of slip away. But I think it's, um, I think even with my own, my own situation, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
you know, it, it, there's there's a lot, you know, there's a lot that goes into a lot that goes into any of this stuff, right? The, the decisions you make. I mean, we're a product of, you know, of, of hundreds of decisions a day times, you know, um, you know, with, with all the days, and and so. Um, you know, you can't say this one decision would have you know changed everything or whatever. There, there's a few that might have done that, um, right? But um, yeah, but you know, little. It it's not the one big action that I think I wished. If 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 I had to. If I had to, you know, put a finger on it, it's not one big action that would have saved me. It's many small actions. Okay. Somebody, somebody caring enough to not just look at the fact that I was a mouthy, bratty, defensive kid. Look deeper. Question why. Don't just look at the surface. No one ever did. I mean, I get it. They didn't know a lot about the shit back in, you know, the 80s. You know, I, I can't tell you what it what it feels like. The fear in in you that if you got a bad report card, or you know you you got in trouble for something, the absolute sheer terror of the punishment when you got home. I got good at lying, to be honest with you guys. And I'm not proud of that. I got good at reading people. I got I got street for my own survival. And I never wanted to be that. I always wanted to be that, you know, I wanted to be the quinceanera princess at, you know, at a sweet 16, at my sweet 16. I wanted somebody to give a shit that I turned 18, that somewhere in the universe I mattered. I gave myself my own 21st birthday party. I was seven months pregnant. And when I talked to my father from prison to tell him that I was pregnant, he hung up on me and then made it all about himself that because he didn't speak to my mom either, he didn't call her, he completely ghosted us. And when they, you know, when we finally talked to him, it was like, oh, well, you know, I was upset because I felt like I had failed you. See, you fucking narcissistic cocksucker. Really? <laughs> Fuck you. Sorry. That's just still a little bit of a raw nerve for me. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. something I didn't write in my letter that really bothers me. I don't want to get off my chest for you know to y'all. When I got married in 2005 to my soon-to-be ex-husband, we planned the wedding perfect. Okay, we had a dragon-themed wedding. We did all the legwork. My father acted like it was an inconvenience to do the daddy-daughter dance. He was who brought me to my wedding. 
Are you ready for this, pedal heads? You're going to love it. On my way in a full wedding gown and veil and big-ass cascading bouquet. We have to go return the videos to the video store before we can bring me to my wedding. Yeah. Kind of puts the fun in dysfunction, doesn't it, guys? <laughs> oh, boy. Well, yeah. Um... All I've ever really wanted is someone to make make it about me just for one minute. You know what I'm saying? I just, I mean, you know, I, I, I know that I have, you know, the royal Scottish lineage and everything, you know, an actual princess. I get it, y'all. But, you know, just once in my life, I'd like to find a prince that would actually treat me the way I belong to be treated. I don't want a lot. I'm not materialistic at all. Money don't mean shit to me. I ain't never had it. I don't come from money. So I don't. I wouldn't fucking know what to do with it if I did have it. All I've ever known is working my ass off for what I want. And having people act like they want the same thing I want. But they don't. Somewhere in the matrix, they get what they want from me and then they throw me away like everybody else always has and I think that's the one thing I'm most afraid of phone boy is that at some point the pedal heads aren't going to want me anymore either and they're going to throw me away <laughs> and then doing this podcast will have no purpose and then you'll go away too I don't think that's going to happen. Um, you know, I think I, th I think we all have. I don't think anybody wants to be alone, really. Um, you know, I mean, t talk about me for a second here. Uh, you know, when I went through when I t when I committed the insurrection on my own life. Um, yeah, that's when things started. It's on January 6th, so, you know, uh, you know, nice poetic date there, y'all. Um, I, I still think that's fantastically poetic, by the way. Yeah, that is. Um, you know, that's that's when that's when it all kicked off. You know, the next day was the, um, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the paperwork got filed and I ended up spending, um, I had nowhere to go. Um, the only place I felt that's a really shitty feeling, by the way. Yeah, I've had that feeling. My mother kicked me out when I was pregnant yeah. in the winter time, yeah. and all I had was a car to stay in. She told me that I couldn't because I was hormonal. I mean, come on, fuck, I was pregnant, you know. Yeah. And and she told me that uh, until I got some help, I couldn't come back in the house. What help was I supposed to get? I went to the hospital to the psych people and said, look, my mom kicked me out because she said I have psych issues. I'm pregnant. I'm hormonal. You know? Yeah. <laughs> they, they kind of made her make, you know, allow me back in because they called her. But who the fuck does that? Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, being alone sucks. But wait, there's more. Yeah, no kidding. I've got, I've got the, uh, you know, and I had that. I, I got a, you know, and I had a, I had an experience today, that you know, just okay. today, that reminded me just how alone I am right now. You know, like a, like I was saying, you know, that when I when I committed the insurrection, I had to go sleep in the floor of the office because I literally had nowhere else to go. Um, you want to talk about a, you know, and then I then I found out, um, you know, who had my back, and, you know, that was, that was, uh, you know, that that was a good thing. But uh, today, uh, I was in a situation that, um, yeah, nobody could help me with. This is this is this was all me. Um, so I went out for a run as I as I do a lot of days. Um, I've I hadn't been doing it for a while. Um, I had gotten or I'm mean, going out for walks on days where I hadn't been running, but I finally, you know, I've got a streak of days where I'm running again, and I haven't again. I have not I had not done that for a while. Um, yeah, and I've had this happen a few times where, uh, yeah, uh, nature calls, and it's not and it's not number one. Um, and um, and today. Um, you know, today that was, uh, um, you know, it's like okay, I felt it going on. I like I got to run. I got to run back now. There's a there's a a porta potty about a half a mile away from where I'm where the uh, the place I'm staying right now, and um, and yeah, I didn't make it um, before I had uh, yeah, uh, ah shit is right, uh, and uh, yeah the uh, <laughs> yeah I basically I basically shit my pants um, and. Um, and you know, and I, and, you know, I, I get to the, I get to the porta potty. I, I, um, you know, I take, I take everything off, and I realize that, yeah, um, I'm literally covered in my own shit. Um, you know, and, and I didn't have any way to clean. There was, there was no toilet paper, so I had no way to clean it up. Um, I had, um, you know, I, I made the best of the situation. I actually, um, you know, I, I left my underwear there. Um, I. You know, tried to clean things off as best I could, and um, and um, and I went back to the house and, and took a shower and came back and cleaned up the place because you can't, you, know, you yeah. I mean there were yeah, there was shit on the ground and and you know the places that it that it, it wasn't supposed to be. So I I, I did my uh, I did my part to clean up, but I remember thinking um, there's an old bit from Robin Robin Williams. Uh, I can't find a clip of it unfortunately. It was and it was on a. Uh, um, I have, I have the clip I'm thinking of is on the recording of the light, uh, night at the Met. Um, I have it on cassette tape. I don't have a, a I couldn't find a, 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 on YouTube, but I'm walking back. Um, and I'm thinking, of, and it's funny cause he's, he's have he was talking about cocaine and he said, you know, if you were looking to get real high, just, you know, just do, just go, go run a marathon. Right. And you know the guy. He's, he, he's talking to the, you know, or you know, he was pretending he was talking to a guy. He says, uh, "How do you feel? I, I'm al- I just ran 26 miles. How do you feel? I'm alive. I'm covered in my own shit, but I'm alive. <laughs> you know. And that's in that moment. I'm going. Well, I only ran five miles. And what's you know, what's 20 miles between friends? Whatever. But, um, but in that moment, I'm just. I just laughed. I'm like. <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes all you can do is laugh. It was a true shit apocalypse. Yes, I was literally covered in my own shit, and I'm a, but I'm but I'm still alive, right? In in this, you know, and I think there's something to be said for that, right? It, so it was a very, it's a it's a literal interpretation of that, but but I think it I think it applies to 
you know, in any situation, really, you know, we get covered in our own shit sometimes, you know, because shit happens, right? Um, but ultimately, you're still alive and you can still do something about it. And, you know, and choosing to live your life, you can live your life as a victim or you can live your life as a survivor. And And I do truly think that, you know, I have found the ability to live as a survivor through, you know, through what I have in my life right now. You know, this podcast with you and the pedal heads and, you know, my friendship with you that has blossomed, you know, the no agenda, you know, and the bowl after bowl. Shout out to Lorian and Spencer. Yeah. You know, we love all you guys. And, you know, you guys do truly, you know, you guys keep me keep me going. Because, you know, on a day like this where, I mean, even 15 minutes before we were supposed to be on air, I was literally sitting on my bed with my head in my hands, rocking back and forth, telling phone boy, I'm not doing this episode. I'm not I'm not doing this podcast today. I can't do this. I mean, I've had two fucking hours of sleep. My body said fuck all. But yet there was this still this little tiny spark inside of me that said, bitch, get your ass up off that fucking bunk, have your little temper tantrum, and then do your goddamn podcast because you cannot let your pedal heads down and you cannot let your podcast partner in crime down. So here we are spitting in the microphone, laughing at the shitpocalypse that phone boy experienced. And Phoenix is getting high and a motherfucker and she's feeling a little bit better about what she just did because yeah i just put my dick on the table y'all and and you know I, I, I put it i put my life on display and yeah i'm sure anybody who listens to this now or in the future you know i, I subject myself to to that that criticism that feedback that whatever i i, I know that it's coming thank you it is a massive cock i'm quite proud of it and a millennial um, I, uh, yeah, thick cut and, uh, I keep it well groomed. <laughs> oh my. Um, yeah, you, you've, you've said, put your dick on the table a couple times that that might have to be a show title. Um, yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah, you know, there's that. Yeah. yeah we're, always, we're always looking for show titles. Um, Apple will get pissed. Well, you know, there's lots of, there's, there's ways we can, uh, we can do that, I think. Um, we'll have to, you know, that's what the post show is for, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I think, and I love me some post show. Yeah. I think we might have post to, show. I think, I think, uh, you know, we definitely need to play some music to, uh, to do this. And so when we, um, when we record this, uh, you know, on, on Saturdays at 5 PM Eastern, uh, you know, we, uh, yeah, we, we, we hang out a little afterwards and we, uh, you know, we play some, we, we spend some tunes. Uh, you know, you can also we participate. We call it the after party. We call it, yeah, we have, we have our little after show here. Uh, we, let me see if I, I want to just double check and make sure that we didn't get any more, get any voicemails, uh, because that is. Yeah. Something. Come on, pedal heads. Phoenix really wants to hear your lovely voices. Sometimes she feels like she's just talking to herself. And if if she if she only wanted to talk to Phone Boy, she could call him on the phone. Come on, help help a girl out. Yeah, you, leave you us know, some voicemails. Yeah, yeah, hit us with some voicemails. Yeah. Hoo-yah! 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 yeah, you know, you gotta hit us with some voicemails, guys. Come on, this is you know, um, you know. Otherwise, I gotta do that. You know, 
there's a uh, there's that going on, but um, yeah, there is that going on. Yeah, but I think um, yeah, I mean, I, I know I've said it, I, I said it privately, and I've said it, I've said it at least a couple times on this on on this episode, and I'll say it again. I, I'm so proud of you for um, what you've done putting it out there, putting your dick on the table, like you said, right? And saying... This well, is- Jesus Christ, quit jacking your dick. Yeah. All I did, all I did was fucking break down a very heavily guarded door for way too many goddamn years than I should have allowed it to be guarded. There's a lot of shit that I should have done years ago that I'm starting to do. Yeah. And and I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of hiding you know, I'm tired of hiding behind doors, hiding behind walls, and hiding behind memories that serve nothing but to poison me. I'm going to put my dick on the table, and, and y'all can decide whether or not you like it or whether you want to suck it. Yeah. Bottom line. Well, here, but, you know, you know, um, Sam Kinison, of course, has something to say. Say it! Say it! Yeah, you know, because, yeah. Precisely. Put, I put it out there. And, you know, and, of course, um, you know, then, then there's there's lots of things. Um, you know, of course, we, of course, we, there's all those mistakes that now it's time to erase that mistake. Yeah, you know, got to do that too, right? So, um, and you know, the mistake. And honestly, yeah, that's. You know, I don't think even by saying it, you're necessarily going to erase that mistake. But, um, but I think the only mistake that you ever make is the is you know the, the things you don't learn from, right? Um, and uh, yeah, and I'll and I'll tell you, you know, for for the length of time that I've held on to all of this any look guys it's not worth it release it you know if you're afraid to tell somebody what's going on because somebody else is influencing you there are ways if if when you go through something like this trust is the one thing you cannot afford and i get that okay it's taken me years to find someone I could fully trust. And I finally found that person. And I knew that it was right when I found that person. It was like all of my locks, one by one, started opening. And along with them, the doors that held the secrets within. So there may be more episodes like this where Phoenix just goes real fucking deep on some shit. But I am very blessed that I have, you know, that person in my life to to keep unlocking those locks one at a time. I'd say lucky you. That's a... You know, and I think that's a. I think we we can all have somebody like that in our lives. It's a. It's I a, would I would say lucky him too. Yeah. Because you know, one once this old girl gets polished up and gets all this patina off her, it's gonna be a knockout. Yeah, I think uh, lucky the dog agrees. Uh, it's probably the, the dog outside barking. Uh, you know, it's one of the dogs. That's that's probably lucky that's doing it. I don't know. It's hard to. There's we got there's three dogs here. Yeah, they they tend to uh, they tend to have opinions about uh, about things, and you know of course the there is a, there's a clip for that. Yeah, well, you know that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Yeah, yeah, that's what the dogs yeah the dogs have to say, um, but 
Um, but I think um, you know. I think we. I think we've uh, we've we have it. Uh, we have uh, put it. We've molested their oracle holes uh, <laughs> long enough. Oh boy! All right, let's get the. I guess I guess we have to do the whole. Uh, I guess we have to. It's time to do the outro, as it were. So for the for the show, it's uh, you know we've got. Uh, but uh, we've uh, but yeah we've we've come to the end of another one. Um, hopefully we'll have something more lighthearted next week. We'll see. Um, but uh, you know we're we're not afraid to attack uh, meaty topics here on, in in the in the lotus and the in the petals um, in the and the blossom. Um, and the we blossom. appreciate you all joining us. Um, and um, well, until next time, uh, I'm Phone Boy, and I'm Phoenix, and we'll see you next time for another episode of the Lotus Podcast. Bye. Bye.